0: A man who exercised great power learned something every leader needs to know about power and especially about power's limitations. Hey, welcome back to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. I want to take a brief break from Max Hastings' outstanding work, Vietnam, an Epic Tragedy, to turn to another stellar volume, this one, from the pen of Pulitzer Prize winning author and presidential biographer John Meacham. Now Meacham has written biographies of Andrew Jackson, Franklin Roosevelt, George Bush 41, and the volume I'm drawing from today on Thomas Jefferson. Meacham's book is entitled Thomas Jefferson the Art of Power. And about that power Meacham writes, judged by the raw standard Of the winning and keeping of power, however, Thomas Jefferson was the most successful political figure of the first half century of the American Republic. For 36 of the 40 years between 1800 and 1840, either Jefferson or a self-described adherent of his served as President of the United States. James Madison, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, and Martin Van Buren. John Quincy Adams, a one-term president, was the single exception. This unofficial and little-noted Jeffersonian dynasty is unmatched in American history. Let me give you one more word from Meacham on Jefferson's grip on power before I share my aha moment for today. Meacham writes, More than any other early presidents, more than Washington, more than Adams, Jefferson believed in the possibilities of humanity. Broadly put, philosophers think, politicians maneuver. Jefferson's genius was that he was both and could do both, often simultaneously. Such is the art of power. But Jefferson was to learn, and often through deep heartache, despite his brilliance, despite his charm, despite his cunning, his power, like all power, was limited. You know, Jefferson's father had died when Jefferson was just 14, leaving him effectively the head of the family. Now, on February 1, 1770, Jefferson is just 26 years old. And I want you to think about this because at that young age, he was already admitted to the bar of the General Court of Virginia. He was already a member of the House of Burgesses, a pre-revolutionary legislative assembly in the American colonies, and he and others already had the bad taste of an oppressive Great Britain in their mouths. And on this day, Jefferson is with his mother, and they're on their way to visit a neighbor when they get bad news. And the bad news is that Shadwell, the family estate, had burned to the ground. Listen to Meacham's account, and then listen to what Jefferson learned about the limitations of power.
1: When Jefferson left Williamsburg after his inaugural session, he was already steeped in the politics of protest and of power. On Thursday, February 1st, 1770, Jefferson was playing his accustomed role as head of the family, accompanying his mother on a visit to a neighbor when word of disaster reached them. Shadwell had burned. Jefferson was devastated. His first question to the slave who brought the news was whether his library had been rescued from the flames. The books were all burned, the slave replied, adding, but, ah, we saved your fiddle. For a man who prized physical objects, he was to prove an inveterate collector, a tangible manifestation of his curious mind. The ash and the smoke and the ruins were especially galling and dispiriting fire was a reminder of those things those many things that lay beyond human control jefferson had spent almost a decade in the study and the practice of law an undertaking based on the premise that men could with some limitations construct an order that enabled them to exert some power over the affairs of the world the destruction of shadwell was an example of how little control jefferson or any man really had
0: the destruction of shadwell was an example of how little control Jefferson or any man really had. As I read those words, they remind me of that line from Thomas Gray's Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard. Gray writes in this exquisite poem, The boast of heraldy, the pomp of power, and all that beauty, all that wealth e'er gave, awaits alike the inevitable hour. The paths of glory lead but to the grave. I don't know about you, but I get just a wee bit frustrated by the pomp of power, whether it comes from a politician on either side of the aisle who's a little too full of himself or herself, or these days because we're selling and buying a home Uh, the pomp of a realtor who thinks he or she wields a little more power and clout than he or she actually does, or even a power-hungry driver trying to bully his way into my lane of traffic. Well, Jefferson's experience, not that I'd wish it on anyone, is a reminder that I don't have all the power I think I do. And that's okay, because I serve the one who says, all power on heaven and earth has been given to me. The scriptures are real clear on that. The psalmist said, power, O God, belongs to you. And and the psalmist said, only by your power can we push back our enemies. You see, in our weakness, Paul writes, it's God's strength, God's power, that is made perfect. So, Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. You know, Thomas Jefferson learned that all power is limited, and that's a lesson we all have to learn, but it's in reading the Scriptures and in following the way of Jesus that I learn the one with all power protects me with His power and helps me even in, and especially in, my powerlessness. So what power struggle are you facing today? Yeah, your power is limited, but his is not. So lean on him. And that's my thought on my walk with Thomas Jefferson, The Art of Power, John Meacham's outstanding work. Now here's my question. What will you do with that thought on your walk through life today?